0: little bit this morning and the just shall live by faith and that, that faith is faith to overcome whatever we're facing whatever circumstance whatever situation the power of faith is absolutely amazing you know if we start to release it in our life so I'm a little bit like Peter where Peter writes and he says I'm not going to preach to you anything new but while I'm in this tent while I'm in this body I'm going to remind you of the things you already know right because we're called not just to be a here are the Word of God, but we're called to be a doer, right? We're not to deceive ourselves by thinking that we come and you know sit in a church, listen to the Word of God, because if we don't do anything with it, it doesn't transform or change our life, right? right? So it's the doer. It's like I always tell people, you know, if you if you stand in a garage, it doesn't make you a car. <laughs> you know, it's like coming to church. It doesn't make you an overcoming Christian just because you come to church, because we can fulfill our religious duty. We can feel good about ourselves. We can feel like we're doing something, but we're really not doing anything. Right? It's hearing the Word of God, activating the Word of God, acting on the Word of God, right? Letting letting the Word of God grow in in our lives. So that's where we develop develop faith to overcome whatever circumstance, situation we're facing. So uh, uh, Diane and I are actually celebrating uh, our birthdays this last week. You know, if you can tell, we're actually 40 years old. 40 years ago on July 17th, we gave our life to Jesus. So Jesus, Jesus found us. We didn't find him. We were pretty lost, you know. But uh, 40 years ago, we're so thankful to think that uh, God in his mercy and grace saved our lives. And we're just so thankful and, 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 and honored that God would be so faithful to us all of these years. Because it's all about him. It wasn't about us. You and I can add nothing to the cross, right? You and I can do nothing, like, to save ourselves, to deliver ourselves. It's like Keith says, he went to that conference, and the guy had said, we all deserve to go to hell, which is absolutely true, right? I mean, this is, this is what faith is all about. Faith is basically God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, right? That's what faith is, trusting in him to do for us. We could not save ourselves. We could not deliver ourselves. You know, we cannot break the power of the devil off of our back. We could do none of those things, but God did, right? right? Through his son, Jesus Christ. God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And now, because we've been justified in the sight of God, just as we never sinned, right? Now the just are called to live by faith. This is for each and every one of us. I, when I'm overseas, I always say this is from the, the poorest widow in the village to the top CEO of a large company, corporation. You know, it doesn't matter where it is. And again, it, all of us are called to live by faith. And this doesn't matter on our color of our skin, the language we speak. It doesn't matter whether we're rich or poor. It doesn't matter whether we're educated or uneducated. It doesn't matter whether you're female or male. It doesn't matter whether you're young or old. Every one of us is called to live by faith. These are one of the demands of the gospel. See God has demands upon our life when we come into His kingdom, He expects us to grow. He expects us to mature. He expects us to become more and more like his son right That's God's purpose, that 's god 's purpose that we would be conformed to the image of His Son, according to Romans, right Just as Jesus walked, so are we to walk in the face of this earth right I could teach this is one of my main messages when i 'm overseas. I do a Uh, a three-four-day conference on the life of Jesus. And he's our example. And if you really want to know how to live, study the gospel, study the life of Jesus, study his his obedience, study his humility, study his prayer life, study his full dependence upon the Holy Spirit and the will of the Father. So if you want to follow in his footsteps and become like him, I do a whole seminar, a whole teaching on this. Then my next seminar is I, I take the book of Acts and we pull that apart. And we, and we teach how the church now Advance the kingdom of God just like Jesus did. So there's many things we can go to, and I was thinking about, okay, I can kind of do that area, I can do this, but the Lord kind of prompted me to talk about faith, one of my most favorite subjects. And I am a little bit of a, a word guy. I have 35 slides of scriptures. I won't get through all of those today. You know, I, I'm always on information overload. Doesn't matter what I do. It's... Uh, uh, I, I sleep at night, but sometimes I don't sleep because God is just giving me these massive downloads of scripture. I wake up with my brain spinning and I get, and I get scripture after scripture after scripture, especially when I'm uh, getting close to traveling. Then I get this information overload. Then I go overseas and I get to dump it because I get to do all of this speaking. You know, I wouldn't know what to do with it, uh, with it all if I wasn't going away for, you know, about three months a year. And, uh, you know, recently I was, I, was just, I was just inspired by Bobby Connor. You know, he inspired me. He's 75 years old. I just, I just turned 65 at the end of last month. You know, as my days are, so is my strength. You know, so uh, Psalms 92 says that we'll, we'll, we'll bear much fruit even in our old age. We'll be like a green olive tree planted in the house of the Lord, right? We'll have much sap, much strength. So I don't believe what's going around in the world will come upon me. It may try. It's attacked me. It's happened to me. As you know, I suffered a stroke a couple years ago, but I'm healed. You know, I've had uh, AFib, but that doesn't matter. You know, I don't pay attention to that. I tell my body to do what it's supposed to do, and it's supposed to travel and preach. You know, so so I just tell my body, you come along and, and you do what it is. I'm not into, I don't care about symptoms, this. I tell the symptoms to bow down. That's what faith does. You know, 40 years of this, God has given me a little bit of a fanatical attitude. And Diane has the same thing. I'm so thankful for a wife of faith. I'm so thankful that she pushes me out the door. When she says, if you bought your tickets, are you going? She told me when I had my stroke in June a couple years ago, she said, you're going to India in November. By faith, you're going to India. You're going to preach the word of God. This is not stopping you. See, faith can change your life. Faith can change your circumstances, but we've got to act on it. We've got to act on the promises. I've been told there's about 8,000 promises in the Word of God. And 2 Corinthians 1 says all the promises of God are what? Yes and amen in Christ. And Christ is in you and you are in Christ. So all the promises belong to you. Right? We're believing for many things that have already been given to us. They're already ours. We've got to act on them. They've already been given to us, right? Everything in the Bible functions by grace through faith. Grace is God's gift of salvation to us. We don't earn it. We can't do a thing to earn it. It's not by works least any man should boast, right? It's all God's grace, right? We did nothing to earn our salvation. While we were sinners, Christ died for us, right? In the fullness of time, God sent his Son into the world. Not a moment too soon, not a moment too late, He sent his son into the world, born of a woman, born under the law. He came to to do what we could not do. We could not fulfill the law. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy it. I came to fulfill it. And the righteous requirements of the law are fulfilled in us because Jesus is in us. Right? So the law is fulfilled. The law is done. Now we're living in the age of grace. Now we're living in the new covenant. Right? So everything functions by grace through faith. It's already been freely given to us even though you and I don't deserve it, God, God, even though you and I were not worthy, guess what? God made you and I worthy. We're not worthy because of ourselves. We're worthy because of Him. Again, we can add nothing to the cross. It's all... God gave me a saying several years ago that I use overseas all the time. It's not what you and I have done, but it's what God has done for you and I through His Son, Jesus. Now it's what you and I believe and what you and I will act on. See, it's not what you and I do. It's not performance. That's all dead works. You know, I tell them overseas because they have so much legalism overseas. They have so much law overseas. You know, they all believe it's based on how much they pray. And, well, many of us were brought up that way. How much do I pray? How much do I work? How much do I give? What do I do? It's, you know, if God isn't blessing me, it's because I'm not doing something. Well, that's such a lie. Go ahead. And, and, you know, and there's so much false theology and false religion. You know, when I got saved, God spoke to me clearly one time, audibly out of the... You know, I, I got saved, radically saved. You know, back 40 years ago, my idea of a social drink was about three cases of beer and two bottles of rum. You know, that's how I grew up. You know, I, I didn't mind a good fight every once in a while. I, you know, I didn't mind a good drink every once in a while, most of the time. You know, and I grew up that way. I didn't grow up in, in the church you know, I, I never read the Bible in my life. You know, Diane was good. You know, she grew up in a good home. She was a good girl, you know, but somehow she got a hold of me. And, you know, and, you know but she just liked that I was a polite drunk. You know, my father brought me up with manners. And I always said, manners will get you a, lo- a long way. So treat people with respect. So even when I was drunk, I didn't cut people down. I didn't, you know, slash at people. But uh, so Diane didn't mind that. But, you know, I was pretty well pickled most of the time. And uh, so I knew nothing about it. I I had gone away from the Catholic Church. My dad died young. So I was a good Catholic, and I blamed God. So why would I serve God who killed my father? (laughs) made sense to me, you know. But then Diane had two uncles and aunts that were strong, strong witnesses for the gospel. They prayed for us. It took about six and a half years of wasted my life, six and a half, seven years of drinking, until we finally bowed the knee of our life you know, the, the knee of our heart to the Lordship of Jesus. And then he radically saved me. Poor Diane. I was, at, I was living, The God spoke to me and says, well, if you live for the devil on this side, well, not, well not, why not live for me on this side? So I, I quickly changed camps. And there was poor Diane. I mean, I went from that to this. You know, then a few months later, we got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then it went, then it went really wild, you know. And then, then my life radically changed. But what radically changed my life was the Word of God. I got a hunger for the Word. I was probably reading anywhere from 15 to 20 chapters of the Bible a day. I never read the Bible in my life. I just could not believe the life of Jesus. I just could not believe all of these miracles, these signs, these wonders. I just could not believe the goodness, the love, the kindness of God. I never experienced that in religion. I never understood any of these things. My paper is flying somewhere. That's fine. That's That's just my opening sheet. That's my title. <laughs> but anyway, so we'll go to the next, uh, next verse. So I just want you to know that I didn't come from some, you know, traditional home where I grew up with the Word and all of these things. I've learned all of these things since I became a believer. Spending time in the Word of God. Spending time in the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, I grew up in the days when we had three services a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Right, and we usually had at least one or two Bible studies and a prayer meeting, and we were on the streets witnessing, and we had children. (laughs) But I tell you, but the but the Spirit of God prompted us. We were I was just so hungry, so thirsty. I just wanted to see so much of God in my in our life. So if we can go to the next slide, please. So I don't have a clicker here, so we'll have to get uh, my clickers back there. Next slide. He's looking. Okay. Let me know if it happens, but anyway, the next slide talks about the just shall live by faith. There's a, the Bible says that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses everything is established, right? So, so there's many scriptures in the Bible. Habakkuk talks about this, right? He said, "Behold, the the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith." See, the proud the proud does not want to live by faith. Oh, anyway, we're just going to continue preaching. All right. So it's one of the biggest things that holds us back in our humanity is our pride. Pride is our biggest enemy. It's not just the devil. It's pride. It's our own flesh. It's our own, it's our own selfish desires and, and thoughts. Because it's difficult, especially as Westerners, that I find a big difference between Eastern culture and Western culture, is Western culture has a difficult time trusting and, and looking to others because we're so self-dependent. Uh, uh, Right? We're so very much self-centered. It's, it's, it's a little more difficult for us, whereas in the Eastern culture, I find it much easier because we're linear. It's, it's kind of about us. They're, they're circular. They have a whole family, group, people live within their circle, whereas we are much more independent. Oh, there we are. So, then, so Habakkuk 2 says, so one of our biggest challenges is to die to self to live for him so that we can obey the word of God. Romans says, for in it, talking about the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So God expects you and I to grow from faith to faith. Right? Last time I spoke here last year, I talked about uh, 1 John chapter 2, and I was talking about babes, I was talking about young men, and I was talking about fathers. There's an, there's an absolute growth in our lives. We, we're not called to remain babes. The problem sometimes in the church is, is we have too many babies in the church. We get born again, we drink the milk, we don't eat the meat, we're not being properly taught the Word of God, we're not properly being discipled or trained, we're not taught to get into the Word of God, to study the Word of God for ourselves. This is what we grew up with. So I'm very thankful that Diane and I had a very strong foundation. And one of the things that we learned was our identity, who we were in Christ and who Christ was in us. And I like many years ago when Mike Bickle wrote his book, A Passion for Jesus... He said that he found that those who know their identity, those who know that who they are in Christ and who Christ is in them, they're the ones who remain strong through their, through their life. So when you understand your identity as a believer, you understand you're a saint, you're a holy one, you're a righteous one, you're, 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 you're acceptable in God's sight, not because of what you did, but because of what he has done, we can be strong and continue to overcome and grow because we know our identity. We're not struggling with the lies of the devil, saying, oh, you're no good, and who do you think you are, and all of that junk that goes with religion. So, and going back to uh, when God spoke to me about the Word of God, He told me to believe the Word of God the way it was, and be not conformed to the religion of this world. So, Diane and I really dug into the Word of God and built our foundation on this Word. That's why I'm so passionate about the Word of God. So, in the Gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So in other words, we're to grow from faith to faith. We should be ever increasing in faith. You know, faith with action, faith with belief, faith standing against the circumstances, the situations, the difficulties that come our way. That's how we're called to live. Galatians says, but no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. By your faith, this is how you're supposed to live, not in the faith of others. See, it's wonderful to have people pray for you, but eventually God wants you to mature so that you start praying for others. Right? I mean, if, if if you look into Hebrews 5, it says, by now many of you ought to be teachers. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful that you're sitting being taught, but, but many of us should be teachers by now. Mm-hmm. Right? We should be teaching, you know. Paul's writing, I believe it's Paul in Hebrews, Paul is writing to, to, the, to the Hebrews, Has by now, you know, many of you ought to be teachers, but you need to be retaught the elementary principles of the Word of God. You're drinking milk still, and you're not eating meat, right? So we should be growing to the, to the place where babes drink milk, right? Grown-ups eat meat, right? And we talked about babes and young men and, and, and fathers in, in, in 1 John 2, Right, it says that young men, you know the word of God and you know you have authority over the devil. That's where we should be living as we grow. I understand that we start here, but just like in the natural, it is in the spiritual. Right, we don't leave our babes be babes. We expect them to grow. We expect them to get education. We expect them to be good Canadians. We expect them to grow up because you know, they have a future and a hope and a plan. Well, where do we get that? Well, we get that from our Heavenly Father Because our heavenly Father expects that from us. He expects growth from us. This is this is this is in nature. This God God put this in nature. It doesn't matter what animal, whatever it is, all of them grow up. And so God is expecting you and I to grow up, to be teachers, to be mentors, to be touching other people's lives. Just not be running from Sunday to Sunday. Oh, I need prayer again. I need prayer again. No, no, we need to learn how to overcome to become strong in the Lord, right? Then it says in Hebrews 10, 38, Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Well, that's not very good. So let's go to the next slide if we can, if that's working. All right. So many human attitudes, I wrote this down so we can see it. Many human attitudes can be somewhat worked up through our own human effort, such as love, joy, patience, courage, mercy. See, we we can have human love, but it's limited. We can have human joy, but it's limited to our circumstances and our situation. We can have human courage up to a point, right? So these can be done by human effort. However, faith occurs when we stop trying to do something through our own efforts and trust somebody else to do it. See, as a human, we, can, we, we cannot do faith in our own. Faith is trusting in someone else, right? Faith is the one attitude that is exactly opposite of trusting in ourselves, Right? This is where God has us to, to, to be dependent upon Him. Totally dependent upon Him. Not in ourselves, not in our own ability. You know, we were just singing about uh, nothing else can fulfill. Only God can fulfill. I'm going to tell you something. I have found out that ministry will never fulfill me. Preaching will never fulfill me. Only Jesus. Yeah. Only Jesus. Doing stuff will never fulfill you. It's only in your relationship with Him. It's only in your love with Him. It's only by being with Him that fulfills and satisfies our lives. But out of that comes the ability, the byproduct to do all of His will. To walk by faith, to see the miracles, to see the signs and wonders, to fulfill the destiny, the hope of His calling that He has upon your life. Right? That's the wonderful thing. So, so it says faith, is, faith in God is trusting that He will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So, you know, we need God to heal us. We need God. Whatever you need, that's faith. Faith is releasing and trusting in the living God that he'll do for you what he promised. These seven, 8,000 promises that are yes and amen in Christ that already belong to you. You can lay hold of by faith and stand and believe and watch God fulfill it. But that's our call. That's up to all of us to grow. Next slide, please. Oh, Romans 12.3. I say, uh, for I say that the, that the grace given to me, Paul's apostolic grace, his gifting in his life, he says, to everyone who is among you, not to think more highly, of him, high, highly than he ought to think. In other words, it's not about us. It's all about him, right? But to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has given us all a measure. Now, it's what we do with that measure. You know, by grace are we saved through faith. So God has given faith in our hearts, in our lives, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. We have an initial starting place of faith. We've been given a measure of faith. Now, what do you do with that? You can grow from faith to faith. Love can grow in your life, right? Grace can grow in your life. Goodness can grow in your life. The character of Jesus can grow in your life. Everything is to grow in your life. So we've all been given a measure of faith. None of us can say, well, I can't do that. I can't believe that. That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. Every one of you can start. Every one of us has a starting point. Now, it's what we do with it, and it's how we press into it, how we're faithful to it, how we're obedient to it, is we're going to see how it's going to change in our life. And I always say that faith is like a muscle. You know? I think I shared this last time. Well, if I started going to the gym, you know, it's taken me about 30 years to get the way I am. You know? I told you last time I had... You know I, I, you know, I had furniture disease. My chest fell into my drawers. And, uh, you know, so, 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 so then, uh, you know, uh, so if I start going to the gym and, and I go for two weeks and I'm working out and nothing changes, and I go, well, this isn't working, well, people will look at me like I'm a little crazy, yeah. right? It's taken me 30 years to get this way. It's going to take me a couple of years, two, three years of working hard, get back into shape, you know, so I can be what I was once. But that's a, that's a long way back. Anyway, uh, so then, uh, but it's like faith, right? We got to work. Faith is is like a muscle. The more you exercise your muscle, the stronger you become. Now, you may start, and you may have little faith, but the more you remain faithful in prayer, in worship, in trusting, in believing, you will grow. I remember years ago hearing about John Wimber. I don't know if you know who John Wimber was. He was kind of the founder of the Vineyard Movement, you know, Oh, by the way, I'm using New King James in, in vineyard. You know, they, they use the NIV, the Necessary in Vineyard Bible, you know. <laughs> or, or I call it the nearly inspired version. But anyway, because uh, the early one had so many mistakes, but they fixed all of those since then. But I like the, uh, the New King James. I grew up when I was saved on the King James. And after reading the Bible so much, I could literally change the these and thous and everything else into the you's and me's. Right? As I was reading it. Even as I was preaching it. But the King James is the easiest Bible to remember to memorize. Somehow God made it that way. But in 1982 they made the new King James. So all the these and thous were changed to the you's and me's. So I went, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. So this is great. So I've always been kind of a new King James guy. I, I like I the version. I like the translation. Either that or I like the New American Standard or the Amplified. That's kind of my, where I go to. But, but So each one of us has been given a measure of faith. So we can take that measure. So oh, uh, going back to John Wimber, I remember hearing him that uh, he, was an, he was a good evangelical, didn't believe in, in, in dreams and miracles and signs and wonders and any of those things, but suddenly God gave him a revelation of healing. So what they did is they started a, uh, they rented a, 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 a class in a university and they started a healing class. So they started teaching on healing. Well, it's was a little bit like the blind, leading the blind, falling into the ditch. But, but you know, but they were, they were trying. And then I remember he was in Winnipeg, and he testified of this. And I tell you, whatever my attitude towards Vineyard or John Wimber, I was, I was on my face repenting after this, after this statement. You know, because humanly we can judge and we can think, and, you know, sometimes I'm a little carnally minded. So then, uh, and John Wimber said when they started this, They prayed for over a thousand people before they got their first result. I thought, oh my goodness, I would have given up after ten. You know, I would have been like one of those things, well, this stuff doesn't work. But they faithfully prayed for a thousand people before they started seeing things happen. Can you imagine that? So they were exercising their muscles. They were exercising, they were going to God's gym. And they were exercising faith and they were praying and they were praying and they were praying. And as God told me last year in November, faith has no expiry date. So when you start believing, there's no expiry date. When do you give up? When does the word of God fade away? When do the promises fade away? Never. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Right? So where's the giving up? The devil will try to discourage you. The world will try to discourage you. Your own mind will try to discourage you. But as you say in the word and you say faithful that measure of faith will start to grow. As you remain faithful, things will start to change in your life. Good. Next slide, please. I'm not going to read all of this, but this is Ephesians chapter 2. It says, yeah, it says, and you he made alive. Wow, praise God. We were once dead in our trespasses and sins, but now we're living. Right? We were once, we were once dead men and women walking. Our spirit man was dead. We were separated from God. We had no chance for, for, for heaven for our eternity. Right, but he made us alive. Now we're alive because the Spirit of God is now living in us. Jesus, we called upon Jesus to save us. Right? We were walking according to this world, the futility of our mind. But verse 4 says, but God. I like when the Bible says, but God. It's when, it's when people butt, but, 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 but. That's when we give excuses. One of my mentors, Albert, Albert Willis, he always say, Goat, goats butt, not people. You know? <laughs> when people say but we're making some excuse yeah. right but I love this intervention of God he intervenes into the disaster of mankind he intervenes into our lost into our darkness he intervenes while we were sinners Christ died for us but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead you and I were dead we were going to hell That you know like, like, like Keith says in the world today we have some thought of goodness some people think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, really. You know, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, Oh, good teacher. What did Jesus respond and say? You know what? There's nobody good but God. None of us are good. None of in the world are good. See, if we measure to God's goodness, his goodness reaches to the heavens. Our goodness doesn't even get off the ground. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know if we think that somehow we deserve more in the west than they do in in the third world countries that's wrong thinking it's not because of our goodness it's not because of anything we have done it's what he has done but god he intervened for us he loved us who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses he made us alive together by with christ by grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us uh, Sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. Right? And then he goes on. Verse 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, least anyone should boast. Now we know this, this is fundamental. But you know that everything in the scriptures, everything in the kingdom of God, this is a, a base principle of the word of God, that everything functions by grace through faith. Everything. Everything we receive is by grace through faith salvation is grace God's salvation his gift of salvation to a lost and dying world right he gives that to us maybe I'll put my Bible as a weight here (laughs) and uh, so so salvation is a free gift unmerited we didn't deserve it but he did it for us because he loved us he had a burning heart of love he had a burning heart of desire the Bible is the greatest love story that's ever been told. The greatest love story. It's beyond fairy tales. That our God, who's the creator of the heavens and earth, would step out of eternity and come into the time and space where you and I live. Right? And he'd become like the seed of Abraham and go into Mary's womb nine months before he was born. That's how small Jesus became. He became a seed. God who created the heavens and the earth, these 300 billion solar systems that are around us. Everything he created, he's a, he holds it all together by the power of his word. Colossians clearly teaches this. And he became a seed, entered into Mary's womb because of love. Because of love. And he identified with you and I. One man brought sin into the world. It would take another man to deliver us. Right? What, what the first Adam lost The second Adam came to fully restore. And it was all God's grace. We did not deserve it. While we were sinners, while we were not searching for him, looking for him, he came. Right? And this is what he did for us. Because of his passionate love for us. Because he wanted to restore this relationship. He wanted to walk and talk with us like he did when he walked and talked with Adam and Eve. He missed that. He missed that. He wants to do it with each and every one of us. Every day. So by grace. So everything is grace. God's grace. The promises of God are God's grace freely given to us. All these promises are yours. God says, here, all the promises, here. They belong to each and every one of you. Not one of us is excluded. Not one in the family of God is excluded from the promises of God. They're all ours. But you know what? God says, Here's 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 my here's my promises. Here's my grace, but we must receive it how? By faith. By faith. By faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. By faith. That's what the just shall live by. Faith. Faith. That's how you and I are to live. So everything functions in the kingdom of God by grace through faith. Next slide, Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely Freely, give us all things. They're all ours. They're freely, they're ours. Next slide, 1 Corinthians 2:12. Uh, now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might know. Ooh, we might know. It's God's plan that you and I would know. We would know. We might know the hope of His calling. What does Romans 12, 2 says? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed all by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Who? You. Each and every one of us may prove what is God's good, perfect, and acceptable will. You can know God's will for your life. You can know God's promises for your life. God has done everything for us. Everything for us. He's done it all for us. It's ours. So all of these things have, again, been freely given to us. Let's look at 2 Peter 1. Next slide. What does it say? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Why do we continually pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we can grow in the knowledge of him? We're talking about spiritual knowledge, spiritual revelation, spiritual truth. We're not talking about the world's knowledge, right? But look at this. Grace and peace can be multiplied to you. Never mind added. 10 plus 10 is how much? 20. 10 times 10 is how much? 100. So as we grow in knowledge, grace and peace can be multiplied to us. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. God's plan for us. It's just not plus. It's multiplication. As we grow in the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, as His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Here's a question by... Pastor used to ask, Wally Waldman, who is the founder of Springs, he used to always say the question, how much is all? How much is all? All. He's given us all. All. Nothing held back. There's nothing held back. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We have everything. You know, he's died on the cross for us. He's given us his blood. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his promises. Right? He's, he's delivered us, you know, from the curse of this world. Right? He's, he's delivered us from shame, from poverty, from guilt. He's done all of these things for us already. And he's given us everything we need to live the overcoming life. Everything we need. They're ours. Right? He's given us all things that, that and he says, Then, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, which has been given us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be the partakers of the divine nature. In other words, through the promises of God, through understanding this revelation and this truth by faith, receiving it, believing it, that we can be just like Jesus. We can walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, act like Jesus. We can do the ministry of Jesus. This is his calling. And it doesn't matter where we are, who we are, this is not for the apostle or the prophet. This is not for those in ministry. Only 1.5% of of, of Christianity is in full-time ministry. This is for each and every one of us, where we are, to be fruitful where God has planted us, you know, to bloom where we are, to be who we are. So God is, God is waiting for us, right? And then the next verse talks about the Holy Spirit. I don't have time. I'm, you know, I'm old school. I still say the Holy Spirit. So, uh, because Jesus did. So anyway, so uh, it says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. So we not only have the word of God, we have the, we have the greatest teacher in the universe living inside of us. Right. We have every advantage. Every advantage. There's none of us that come short. That's why I say from the poorest widow to the CEO, it doesn't matter. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and I. Right? So we can have this. It's ours. It's given to us. Right? He will guide you into all truth, where you will not speak on his own authority, but whatever... He hears, he will speak. What does he hear? He hears the plans of the Father, the plans of the Son, the will of the Father, the will of the Son for our life. And he says, And he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. The Father's held nothing back. Therefore, I say to you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. The question is, are we listening? See, God speaks in many different ways in the Word of God. There's about 19 different ways that God speaks. The main place that God speaks to me is through the Word because that's where I spend most of my time. I mean, you speak to me by the Spirit. I get, you know, I get revelation. I get things God shows me. I can have different things that He speaks to me. But the main area where God speaks to me is through the Word of God. We're going to skip a few here. I think we're almost, oh, I'm almost done here. I I have my wife giving me the eye, you know, you know, she's, uh, you know, like, uh, you know what the Bible says? Thy word have you hidden my wife that I might not sin against you, you know? <laughs> you know, you know the, the wife is a little bit like the Holy Spirit. No, no, she's much like the Holy Spirit. You know, I always say it's hard for me to differentiate between the, the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of my wife because they both speak with such authority. You know, so she told me, you oh, know, 12 o'clock, you know, 12 o'clock, you know, I'm a, uh, this is, You know, if I'm in India, I'm just getting started. You know, I'm, but I put enough here for a three-day, for a three-day conference. But I want to just go to the next slide, and we'll just kind of finish with here. I still have much to say. Here, Paul's talking about what I was talking about in Hebrews. By now, you should be teachers in Hebrews 5, right? And it's interesting to note that when he goes on talking about the elementary principles of the Word of God, I compare this to elementary school. These are the base foundations, of Christianity. I call these the six pillars, and I do a lot of teaching on these six pillars, you know, of, of, of Christianity, right? And these are six things I, I was taught at an early age you should know these six foundational truths, these six pillars, and you should have at least two, three verses to, to back up each each one. So I learned all of this. I don't know where you're at, but this is what we were taught. So, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles, this is like kindergarten to grade six stuff. Right. If we want to become a young man, young woman who know the word, and know that you have authority over the devil, we have to move on. So faith is kind of a faith is expected. Faith is expected in our life. Faith is we should be living by faith. We should be acting on faith. We should take the word of God and apply it to our life. Right. So it's an elementary pr- principle. Let us let us go on to perfection. In other words, let's go on to high school and and college in the spirit. Let's go into a higher place in the revelation and the knowledge of God because this is where God wants to take us <laughs> I remember one of my uh, my mentors, Lester Summerall he traveled 120 nations never told a person his need He God supplied all of his need he was an amazing, amazing man of God sat under his ministry, his teaching for years I remember one time I was sitting under his teaching and he was, he was, he was very authoritative and very powerful and then he would, he was not a big man but he had tremendous authority and, and then he would go, you know Too many stupid Christians in the world. Don't be a stupid Christian. You know, don't be an ignorant Christian. Grow up. You know, quit being stupid. Quit being ignorant. I love When Lester, when Lester said that, you know, you didn't take it as a, you know, as a put down, but you took it as a father's rebuke and love, you know, and I remember sitting there as a young believer going, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, you know, yeah, my heart was, oh, yes, 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 you know, so then, uh. So God does not, you know, there actually there are six places in the New Testament where Paul says, do not be ignorant about these certain things. And if you look at the church today, this is where the church is most ignorant. It's very amazing. But anyway, that's another whole sermon and, and conference. But anyway, says, so let us go on to perfection, not laying a- a- again the foundation of repentance. In other words, trying to earn things by dead works, trying to earn things through through thinking that if I do this this will please God. No, 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 no. Because you believe in Jesus, God, it is pleased with you, period. 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 He's pleased with you, period. You say, well, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. that." Well, give the Holy Spirit a chance. He's working in your life. He's changing you. He's transforming you. He's pleased with you, period, because you believe in Jesus. We can add nothing. Now, God blesses obedience as we respond to the word, respond to the spirit. So anyway, doctrine of baptisms, laying out of hands, eternal judgment, all of these things. But I'm going to stop here, but the one thing I want to encourage you is, you know, in faith we have the power to overcome. You know, if you read the, the seven churches to the book of Revelation, there's a promise, there's a kind of, a, except for two, he rebukes the church, calls them to repent. They're all having their difficulties and their troubles. And then at the end it says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. And then he says, to him who overcomes. To each church, he, a, he says, to him who overcomes, there's a promise. All seven churches, to him who overcomes. And at the end of the, the church of Laodicea, Jesus says, just as I overcame and sat down at my right hand on my Father, just as you overcome. See, we've been given the overcoming spirit. See, these promises only come to us when we learn to overcome. When we learn to walk by faith. So God expects us to walk by faith, live by faith, and through that, God expects you and I to be overcomers, that we may lay hold of the promises, of the blessings that God has for each and every one of us. So I'm just here today to just encourage you to say, the just shall live by their faith. So we can live by faith. We have everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. We have everything we need right here, right now, and anything else is an excuse. Anything else is a distraction. We can all become like Jesus. You know, we need this exhortation. We need this challenge to continually grow.